everybody. This is Greg Refner on the Abstract Podcast, uh, Abstract Software, real-time sales coaching software. And today our topic is sucking less, why incremental improvement matters. We have Janine McConnell, CEO of Partner Solutions on with us today. And they're really focused on uh, strategic partners in the ServiceNow ecosystem. But her perspective on uh, sucking less in life, I think, is going to be really valuable to everybody. So, Janine, please take a moment and introduce yourself. Thank you, Greg. Really appreciate this time to meet with you. So, my name is Janine McConnell. I am entering my 41st year in technology. I'd like to say I started when I was 10, but not the fact. Um, so, I'm very, very passionate about all things technology, no less passionate than I was when I started. So, currently, I'm at the helm of a few small boutique organizations, the one that we're in focus on here most uh, mostly right now is Partner Up Solutions. Partner Up Solutions is newly launched. There's not much like it out there in the in the uh, in the world. We are focused on building strategic alliance ecosystems. Right now, our focus is ServiceNow. If you're familiar with it, because it is such a hot technology, the ecosystem opportunities are huge. But we're not limited only to that. So, as a chief revenue officer, as maybe an alliance leader in a selling organization. You understand that uh, true transformation, true high value solutions usually come through technology partnerships. So we're out there to really help deliver the right triangulation of technology, people, processes to suck less at uh, ecosystems. <laughs> That's awesome. I appreciate that. I think uh, for our listeners, the whole sucking less thing is going to be a theme as we go through our call today. So let's... Uh, to kick things off, I want to hear about your story that uh, I keep kind of hearing through the grapevine. Uh, something at a project management conference, rumor has it, you said something that uh, I think took the audience off guard a little bit. Absolutely. So I actually own the domain suckless.com, believe it or not. Um, and it is not a porn site. It is actually going to be an <laughs> online learning site. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an online learning site. And um, I had had some trepidation. I like to be clearly a little edgy, kind of push the boundaries. And uh, I will tell you in a few minutes a little bit more about how the whole suckless.com came to be. But I was a little nervous uh, to take this baby out and be, have my baby called ugly. So my coach challenged me to just try it in kind of a captive audience. Okay. So I, I have developed content called Suck Less At, and in this case, Suck Less at Project Management, something I've got a lot of years experience and a lot of certifications and a lot of experience. So I went to a local organizational chapter meeting. Um, they needed a, a backup speaker, a kind of in a pinch, so they got me. And I said, all right, today's presentation is going to be suck less at project management. Okay, and initially, okay. all of those highly certified individuals in the room were taken aback. They sat back. They crossed their arms. They were prepared to, uh, to be totally affronted by my entire conversation. How dare I challenge the paragons of project management with my construct that they could suck less. And basically, by the time we were done, I, I, I said we went from shocked to engaged to motivated. Because what I, I did... That. What I did through the course of it is, again, kind of challenge the norms. I, be, I, I challenged them to be very intentional about project management. Things like project management, it's very easily easy to become robotic about it and not really look at every circumstance as unique. 
one of the things that we're going to talk about even more hopefully is making it measurable how do you know if you're actually sucking less what is the <laughs> definition of sucking and what does sucking less look like from a measurable perspective and that um it, it's it, the fact that you know when you think about the reason this all came to be is what does everybody say about it organizations particularly and it, all of your listeners that have to deal with an internal it organization can probably commiserate it sucks they're too expensive they're too slow i just have to go around them right and so sometimes that's a perception rather than a reality so when you become intentional, when you challenge the norms, when you really break down what good looks like and how you measure that, you can start to dispel that whole construct of kind of sucking at something. I don't want you to manage my project. You're just gonna run into the ground. Okay, let's incrementally improve how we work together on projects by doing those things I just called out. So it was really very exciting because by the end, like I said, their body language went from completely closed to we, I think we stayed an hour extra long wow. and everybody had rolled up their sleeves. And I think the restaurant actually finally chased us out and said, you're done. So it was excellent. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think um, it's interesting because there's a lot of times where you'll kind of maybe sit next to one of your peers in any role and you're like, ah, oh, this sucks. Like, you know, some, some type of like monotonous part of a job or something that's just a long drawn out grind aspect of your job and no one wants to come out and say it and so i'm sure um it was refreshing after a while after they were like whoa 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 like we don't want to we don't want to say our job sucks like no it's okay there are parts of our job that suck but we can incrementally improve those parts of our job that uh necessarily aren't all that fun well, and I've used it even as an icebreaker in selling once I kind of understand I've been in sales a lot of years in technology as well. And um, I'll, I'll tell this uh, story about how Suck Less came to be. And the next thing you know, the CIO across the table from me is also leaning in. And you know what I want to suck less at? You're exactly right. It's like, <laughs> but, but to, to your point, people don't want to admit that either they're not performing at an optimum level are not being perceived as performing at an optimum level or that certain parts of their job just aren't fun. And so when you kind of break that norm to say, it's all right, let's just say the thing so that we can make it better. Yeah, yeah. First step to admitting uh, you need help is to admit you have a problem and the problem is exactly. this this aspect <laughs> of my job sucks. Um, that's right, bro, I suck it. Right. Yeah, that's totally get it. I love that. So um, I recently read a book called Atomic Habits and it talks about um, improving 1% every day and kind of those 1% plus 1% plus 1% over time leads to some pretty astounding results. I think uh, there was an example of a the, a UK cycling team that made 1% improvements in the cleanliness of their vi their van they transported their bikes in, 1% improvement in their, their suits that they wore. Um, and so it all kind of culminated in Olympic gold, and a, a string of Olympic gold. And it kind of made me think about, you know, mm -hmm. su sucking less along the way in that incremental improvement model. Um, can you share some examples of how you've seen this work out in maybe some of your clients or throughout the course of your career? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also on the 1%, I think they've done studies that the, the, the winner of many of these high caliber races beats second place by 1%. Yeah. Again, it, it's, it's just that focus on that, that, that delta, right? So for me personally, where this really became a reality, and I, I don't think it's unique to the technology industry, but I think what I experience is change fatigue. 
every organization, particularly if you're in a large corporate, it's we're CMMI. No, no, no. Now we're going to do Six Sigma. No, 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 no. Now we're going to do a Kaizen event. No, 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 no. Now we're going to go to this. And everybody is just exhausted from large scale whiplash. This is the, you know, the, the, the methodology du jour that you're going to whiplash our organization and try to invoke big, big, big change that people cannot sustain, they can't execute, and it just burns everybody out. So for me personally, what I found to be just incredibly gratifying was challenging my team. I led a global team at a, a very well-known uh, large technology company, and we were in the IT organization, and we were struggling with the perception that we kind of sucked as a team. Right. And people would go around us. They do whatever they could to, you know, bypass IT. And so uh, one New Year's, I sat down with my team and I said, OK, we've all done our HR goals. We've written all that in the software that that's required. But I said, here's my challenge to you as a team. Every day, everybody just find one thing that you do as part of your job and just suck less at it. One percent incremental performance improvement and measure that success because to your point incrementally performing incremental performance improvement is something you have to do ultimately done through right-sized bite-sized approach rather than this massive pendulum swing of methodology du jour, du jour is something people can absorb they can embrace they can sustain, you can measure, and, it, and it's um, you know, 40 days to form a habit or whatever, right? It's not you know, throw all the, all the puzzle pieces up in the air and we're gonna do everything completely different. No, we're just gonna focus on incrementally 1% performance improving something you do every day till it becomes a noticeable muscle memory, better way to work. And it drove just unparalleled morale for one thing across my team because I wasn't holding them to some ridiculous, you know, you have to be at level five maturity by the end of six months. It was literally, we understand your job is hard. Let's see how we fix this in a graceful, right size, bite size approach. The stress was off of them that it became kind of they got to claim, here's what I'm going to suck less at. They thought it was fun. And it just changed the whole dynamic of how we approached um, per the performance culture. Yeah, I love that. I use the uh, the analogy or metaphor, not sure which one's the right word to use here, of uh, you know how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Um, and so you kind of take small little bite-sized chunks along the way. And being in sales, um, you know, I can't tell you how many times over my career I've had a CRO or a CEO or a sales manager come in and within 24 hours say, hey, we're going to use this sales methodology now. And we're like, whoa, 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 we just learned that sales methodology. Like yep. what what changed? Why did it change? And it's there's no time for that conversation as well. Now you're going to do things this way. And so figuring out how to kind of come to terms with that and then you know, the expectation is, is that you're going to go be excellent at it right then. Um, and so it's almost like as an organization, how do you deliver bite-size coaching, bite-size goals, little things along the way that ultimately culminate in that, that, that greater end result. And so I think across every part of a company that applies, it's not just one part of a company, right? And I think when you, when, when what, you described happens, which happens every day, it almost makes you feel like these people have no idea what I really do for a living, or they wouldn't be 
throwing the baby out with the bathwater, completely changing the landscape underneath my feet and still expect me to hit my numbers this quarter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, I've seen that happen way too many times. And usually the sales reps are the ones that, 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 that pay for that decision. Um, and so having some type of feedback loop, I think becomes important. Um, so let's talk about how technology fits into incremental improvement. Um, you know, I think often companies, organizations look at technology as a way to accelerate change or increase efficiency, but I would imagine that there's a human element to this. And so how do you kind of blend the two where you have technology and humans leading to um, this 1% improvement every day? What does that even begin to look like? Well, you know, it's, it's funny you asked me that because I used to sell for a company called Borland Software, which is long since no longer with us, but it was an incredible technology. And they had a slide that we used to sell um, this very topic. And I love this. And if you think about the triangle of people, process, and technology, because it's the trinity, right? Yep. You've got a technology, the people that can do it, and the process to drive it. We had this slide, and I think this really illustrates what you're saying here. We had a slide that said, if your focus is entirely on people and process, because that makes you effective, then you are inefficiently effective. If, however, your focus is entirely on the technology, the silver bullet, the thing that's going to fix all the problems, then you are efficiently ineffective. So you're going to drive efficiency, but you were, you're just basically going to a bad place faster. So there is a balance of how do you become effective and how does technology drive that efficiency? That's all technology does is create efficiency. It is not your people. It's not their abilities. It's not your process. It's an efficiency agent to those things. So when you look at how you're going to suck less, the biggest thing that I've seen, particularly in the last 15 years, based on selling ServiceNow software, which is all about how do we reinvent how an organization works, it's putting all of your investment into technology as the silver bullet. That's gonna fix everything. Little to no consideration of the impact to the people, particularly as digital transformation rages. You know, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the meme going around, who drove digital transformation at your company? It's multiple choice, CEO, CFO, COVID-19. Right. So last year, <laughs> last year, everybody digitally transformed. Right. And it lays waste to humans and the processes don't align. The technology is seen to be the savior. So it's really understanding what the balance has to be for that that trinity between effectiveness and efficiency. Balance of trinity between effectiveness. And efficiency, that is genius. Yeah, that was that that slide always had them had them when I pulled that one up in a sales conversation. Because people don't that. usually think about which way they're leaning, but I, I I do know I could sell ten million dollars worth of software more than I could sell a million dollars worth of consulting because people are that you know it's all what's technology's gonna fix it. We'll, yeah. we'll spend money on technology. Yeah, no, I think that's so true because you'll spend the money on technology um, to fix humans and people in process, right? But um, oftentimes no consideration is given into how it fits into the process that the people are currently using and finding small success with. And it just becomes a huge disruption if you're not considerate 
um, yes, on, as to how that goes into an organization. So that's such a valid point. I love that. I'm going to probably steal that um, for future use, Janine, if you don't mind. You got it. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um, for an organization who needs to improve, over the past year, companies have chosen to improve and, and kind of adopt digital processes, and some are laggard. And I think you're going to start to see companies slowly start to fail because they haven't been able to make that switch. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe they're stuck in some type of like paralysis by analysis state where they almost start know they need to make a change, but see all the options to change. And it almost is like, which one do I do first? Um, what is your recommendation for how to get started improving today, right? Like not tomorrow. Let's, let's take 1% today. What's your recommendation for how a company starts today? So honestly, I'm quite enamored um, with something called OKRs, if your listening audience is familiar with them. So I really think that if there was a more widespread proliferation of the consideration of outcomes and key results, a very small set of very real, very actionable targets that are measured and managed discreetly and frequently and uh, course corrections made, I think a lot of these organizations would get out of their analysis paralysis. They'd be able to see the forest through the trees and understand how do we as an enterprise pick the three things that matter, not the 30 things, not the 50 things, not the things in the rearview mirror, but the three things that matter. Because I think that's the biggest problem is many organizations for political reasons, for silos, for whatever, turf wars, refuse to agree even on what's important. And if you can't agree on what's important, how are you going to agree how to move forward? So using something like OKRs, bring in a, a third party neutral coach to come in and help actually facilitate these conversations that take some of the emotion out of it, some of the politics out of it, get down to three, no more than five outcomes and key results, and then slavishly stick to those and start to see those wins and start to see that transformation happen. There's a great book out there, Measure What Matters. You've probably read it. Yeah. But if just you know, follow those prescriptive guidelines in books like Measure What Matters and just see the difference that happens incrementally and maybe even in big ways too. And tying that back to something we talked about at the beginning, right? That that allows us to start to measure are we sucking less at something? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that yeah. could be, you know, more, more kindly, more uh, subtly worded. One of your outcomes and key results that you're trying to get is, um, you know, could be something better than net promoter score. You know, there might be more personable ways to define that, but understanding the sentiment of the group you serve and is that moving forward based on the activities, the cumulative downstream activities that contribute to that OKR. Got it. And so, when we look at outcomes and key results, um, I always think of those as very objective, quantitative, their numbers. Is there any room for subjective type metrics in there? Or is that uh, not part of part of this? Typically, it's all quantitative. Um, when I was at Bar Borland, I was their requirements management evangelist. And what we would run out of the room screaming was non-quantitative requirements. Because subjectivity, my version of suck and your version of suck could be extremely different. Yep. Um, you know, we would we would run away from terms like must be fast, leading, bleeding edge, market leading. And that would be the requirements. It's like, nope, can't nope. do a thing with those. Can't do yep. a thing with those. So as quantitative as humanly possible takes the subjectivity out of it, takes the emotion out of it. There's no emotion in numbers. 
once you get them written down and agree on it, just work towards it. And if they're the wrong numbers, regroup. But yeah. at least yeah. you've all put your sights on something that doesn't waver based on a, opinion of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And those numbers, are they more um, leading indicators of long-term success or more lagging indicators that success have been achieved? Um, where those... More leading, more leading. KPIs are a little bit more lagging, but OKRs are more, again, it's just that measure of performance in, 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 um, in recognition of defined results that we're wanting to accomplish. I love that. And it's, and it's a it's a continuous checkpoint, not a, you know, every six months we're going to see how you perform for the last six months and then either slap you or give you a certificate, right? It is a, you know, okay, we're, we're not cutting it here. What do we need to suck at, suck less at just a little bit? What's the incremental tweak? Because we agreed this was a good number, but for some reason we're not getting there. So if we still agree it's a good number, what's the, what's the fix that has to happen? Got it. That makes sense. Well, this has been super valuable. I um, I think we just crammed probably 30 days worth of content into 15 minutes. So <laughs> this has been super awesome, Janine. It's um, I think there's a lot of big takeaways. When I look at our, our short time together, the past 17 minutes or so, I think a couple things really stand out to me um, as, as takeaways that I'll take away for myself and my team. Um, number one being to challenge the norms. Like it's okay to challenge what is normal and what's accepted within an organization or within yourself, right? Um, always challenge kind of the status quo of where things stand. Um, I think the balance of the Trinity between effectiveness and efficiency, um, kind of where, how do we really bring all those together, right? I think the triangle, um, you look at the pyramids, right? It's, a, it's an effective shape to, that's strong. And so when all three are working together, um, you, you see some pretty amazing things happen. And then really the OKRs um, and then lagging versus leading indicators and um, pick your big three things that you want to focus on. And are you, if we're agreeing at like a sales department, a marketing department, how do those roll up into a C-level type That's of right. thing? And so you got to be cascading down from the top. Everybody can't have their own pet critical things. It comes down from the top. Yep. Back to yes. that pyramid again. And so agreeing on that um, becomes super important as an organization. If you can't agree on that, that's kind of where your problems start, right? Is, um, is leadership aligned with frontline SDR who's making those cold calls? Um, so really awesome stuff. Really appreciate you sharing your knowledge, Janine. Um, you know, how does someone go about getting in touch with yourself or partner up solutions to learn more about what you guys are doing? Yeah, absolutely. Check out our website at partnerupsolutions.com, just like it's spelled, or um, for other types of consulting activities, some of the things we talked about, janinemcconnell.com. Perfect. Yeah, links, awesome. Links to all my various entities on there. So I'd love to continue the conversation. Cl clearly, it's something I really enjoy talking about. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. I think, uh, you know, people say if you can't explain something simply or clearly, um, then, you, then you, you probably don't know enough about it, right? Um, and you've made things very simple for our listeners today. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Bye.